Father, we come before you um, with your word. It is truth. Um, I just pray. And I thank you also for the baptism, Lord, of uh, people just um, really acknowledging you before their peers, Lord, before the community to say that uh, my life is hidden in Christ, that he was under the water dead, Lord, but rose again after three days and conquered death for us. Lord, thank you for your great love. It is amazing. Lord, your mercies are new every morning. I pray that your word would come to life for us right now, and I pray that your grace would be upon us. In Jesus' name. Do I hear an amen? Amen. I want to do a quick review. Just put on that uh, 10 scriptures that will change your life. These are cornerstone scriptures. The whole Bible is the great counsel of God, but sometimes there's pivotal scriptures um, that summarize what many scriptures say. That first one, can everyone say trust? Trust. trust. This is where I talked about you're going to put your faith somewhere. You, know, you put it in yourself. You put it in your Wheaties. You, know? you put it in your talent. Or you can put your trust in God. How many want to put their trust in God? Okay. The next one is, can you say attitude? This is such an important thing. Uh, you know, so many people come in with a, a loser mindset or it can't happen. It's going to be too difficult. And you just become a complainer. And, you know, it's funny because the, the Old Testament Israelites were confronted by God for their grumbling. They were grumbling. And, it's, and, and I didn't even know they had Facebook back then, but they were, the Israelites were typing in. <laughs> And they go, man, there's not any food over there. And he goes, yeah, and I got to mow my lawn. And it was all this grumbling. And then Facebook, of course, was rediscovered by Zuckerberg later on. But it originated back then. But we need to have the I can do, not personally I can do, but I can do all things through Christ, through him who strengthens me. Can you say I can do? I can, do. can you say all things? All things. There is victory for us. We're not meant to lose. We're meant to win. Amen? Amen. This is the calling. This is the purpose. This is the direction. We are going to face hard times. We're going to face death. We are going to face cancer. We're going to face all kinds of things as a people. And we may die. In fact, we are going to die. But let us have a good death. Amen? Let us have a good death that honors God. Let us find healing when it's God's timing and his purposes. Amen? Amen. And let us live that life with trust and attitude. And the third one, can you say courage? courage? Courage. Courage is when you're facing a consequence or fear of some sort that you need to face. And instead of shrinking back, you move into it. You move into it. There are some times where the scripture says, stand firm. You just need to hold your ground. There's some times when you got to go into the hard thing courage. I mentioned Joshua, who I'm going to quote later on, that Joshua was called by Moses one-on-one, and he said, be courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. And then God brought him in front of all the clans and tribes and families of Israel and Judah. And he brought them in front, and God says to him in front, be strong and courageous. Boy, how would you like to be called out? in front of all your family and friends by God that says, be strong and courageous. And you're like, yeah. And then he goes, you see them? And he looks across the river. And he goes, you're going to take this place, these people that have defiled the land, you're going to take it over. 
And, and there is an, a major conversion that happens over there and destruction of those who will not yield their hand to what is right. You know, courage. How many want to grow in courage? How many, since we've been talking about it, be honest, because these are prophetic messages, I believe. I believe that God wants to invoke these. How many have risen up in courage since we've been talking about it? More so. Come on, raise your hand high if it's been inspiring to you. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, the scripture. Come on, raise your hand up high. Glory to God, amen? God wants us to be courageous, be strong. No one can stand against you wherever you set your foot, Joshua. And then can you say multiply? Multiply, I use that word proliferate, exponential. God wants us to be a fruitfulness and that things reper, you know, repercuss. I love Ned sharing the story here because all of a sudden you're hearing the story where, man, how many enjoyed Narnia being out there and thought to yourself, wow, the glory of God. Well, how, instead of just going to the movie, how many want to be a part of making the movie? You know, we are called to do great deeds. Amen. Those who know their God will do great exploits. That's right there in the text. You know, we skip over those. No, no, it's not really true. Yes, it's true. And God wants us to be influential. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Take dominion. It's not a, a conquering thing as far as by military force. It's, it's a one that says, do it by the life of God, by the love of Christ. And today I want to talk to you about love. Oh, this is going to be a scripture that you've all heard. It's going to be... When you first think, you're going to go, why this scripture? But I'm telling you, this is a very profound scripture. I could talk for three hours on this scripture. There is so much amazing stuff. How many know that God is love? The greatest commandment is love, right? Jesus, when he was summarizing everything that the law and the prophets and the commandments, if you want to summarize that whole thing, it was two simple things. Love God and love people. Love your neighbor like yourself. Love God. It's already with the assumption, God doesn't say, I want you to know that I love you. It's already inherent that God has this powerful love for us. And you're going to see this in his motivation. God, all you need is love. Wah, 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 wah. Right? All you need is love. 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 Love is all you need. And who's the author? of that song <laughs> who performed this song Beatles some of you guys that are under 20 who's the Beatles <laughs> don't even get me started <laughs> listen the, the word agape love is to love to esteem to value you know to manifest generous concern for to be faithful towards Ned mentioned one here to delight in. There's a delight that happens there. God loves us. This is what is so amazing. You know, you think about it. Of all the things God could have done, how, why, why would he love us? But he does. And God didn't just look down and go, you know what? They're such terrible people. I'm going to make a way for them. No, it was the motivation of the love of God that prompted him to reach out to us. God is good. Amen. So let's start, put on the next scripture. We're going to start with this. There's some great stuff in here. Can everyone say for God? God. For God. This is Jesus. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. 
He became flesh and he dwelt among us. And Nicodemus comes to at night and he says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's been born of the spirit. You know, the wind blows wherever it pleases. No one knows where it comes and where it goes. So it is with everyone born. And then he says, just as the snake was lifted up in the desert. You know, the snake, the snake represented sin. Jesus, him who knew no sin became sin for us. You know, that we might find eternal life. He took on the sins of the world. It's not his death that was just horrible because it was on the cross. It was the depth of the death that he took upon us the consequences of your sin and my sin. Isn't that amazing? This is the God where he says that they will have eternal life. Just when they were in the desert and they lifted up the snake, the Israelites were called by God. Whoever looks at the snake will live. All they had to do was glance at the snake. And if they looked at the snake, the snake was just a confession of sin. It was a symbolism of the Messiah to come. We look back in time and say, I have my faith in Christ. They looked forward in time to say, I have my faith in the Messiah. And they looked at that snake and it says that 10,000 and then 15,000 all of a sudden fell because they couldn't acknowledge their own sin before God. Listen, can can I just ask you an honest question? This should be self-evident. How many of you are a sinner? You've sinned. Point to someone who sinned even more. (laughs) Just point to them, you know. Isn't it self-evident that we are sinners? Listen, Jesus, when he came, he didn't only not do the wrong things, you know, like... You know, you think, oh man, I didn't do that and I didn't look at that and I didn't see that and I wasn't thinking that. I'm doing the right things. But how about all the things that we should have been doing and didn't do? Jesus didn't sin the sin of omission. He did what he was supposed to do. This is the one who came in our place. And here it is. For, can everyone say God? God. And here you have this word, so love the world. As I put it up there, how to is, is this in this way. That's what that word so means. God in this way loved the world. So you ask her, how did God love? You know, who did God love? How did he? How did he so love the world? In what way? God decided to love the world. So the thing is, he's explaining it. For God in this way loved the world. Tell us, how did you love the world? I mean, can you imagine if God would have said, I bought you guys ice cream cones. God in this way loved the world. He bought you an, a new iPad Air, right? Because, you know, it's like you want an iPad. Or God so loved the world that he gave them a big kiss and he sent their kids to college and paid for it all. You, do you realize how sad that would be? Imagine that your sins were not paid for. Just imagine it right now. Right now, you could cry to God if you want and realize that you've been redeemed by him. What would it be like if your sins were not paid for? God loved you in the one way that would make a difference, to deliver you. And what does it say? For God so loved the world. That's their agape. Agape the cosmos, which is the world. He came to us. He so loved the world. How did you, Lord? How did you love us? In what way? And, and before I give you the answer, which you already have up there, Jody, when I first got saved, the first 
four or five years. I knew about the love of God, but I did not experience the love of God. One day, I'd be going, yeah, I think God, God likes me. Do you think God likes me? You know? And then if I had sinned the night before in some way, let's say I was at the mall and I looked where I shouldn't have looked or I ate what I shouldn't have eaten or I did something I shouldn't have done. How, how many can relate to this? Okay, yeah, there's a few of you sinners. You know what I mean? And then I was thinking to myself, you know what? And I go, so God's probably ticked at me this morning. Did you pray? I said, hi. You ever get, you get up in the morning and go, I got, I gotta go. I'm busy. Stop being in my head all the time. Listen, and then, and then, so it's like, God loves me. But I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. And I go, God, show me a sign. Do something really cool in my life so I know, and something good would happen. I'd go, he does love me. There it is. And then I'd go, and then I'd do something stupid and I'd see some consequences and I'd go, oh, God doesn't love me anymore. Anyone go through this besides me? Am I the only one? And, and then I just said, Lord, you've got to, I don't know what to do. And, and Jody said, you need a revelation of God's love. And, and God, and it was true. And one day that someone was preaching the cross more than ever before, I realized that the cross represents the love of God. That's the payment for my sin. That's the redemption of my soul. That's the, that makes my marriage good. That helps me become a godly man. That helps me answer the call because it pays for me. It makes me not have to walk in bitterness for my whole life. Because I've been paid for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Listen, his answer for God so loved the world. How did he love the world? He helped them find romance. No. It says he gave his one and only what? He gave his son. Right? It's that word monogamy. The only gene. The one gene. The begotten, it says in the King James. It the one who comes from, alone comes from the father. Who has made the father known. This is the one. God, in this way loved the world. How did you? He gave his one and only son. Put on the next one. It says, can you say the word that? This is a very important word. This is the word hina in the Greek. And it's connected to a clause called the hina clause. The hina clause is basically an emphatic statement that when the first condition of the sentence is fulfilled, the second side is automatic. It's a strong grammar. It's used in several places in the New Testament, and it's always related this way. So it's really intentional pronunciation. The word of God is amazing. This hint of clause that you see, like people just read it, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and his son. That, that, here it is. And we use the word whoever because it's kind of a traditional translation. The translation is three Greek words, pas, ha, pastuin which is all those believing ones, those believing, the ones believing, whoever is believing, whoever is believing, it's a fact that they won't perish. It's a fact that they'll have everlasting life. Can you say whoever? Whoever Whoever believes. Wouldn't it be bummer if he says, and whoever memorizes the New Testament? You'd be like, ah, and lives it perfectly. 
What? You ever read the Proverbs about being a fool and see your own picture in there? You go, how did I get in here? God doesn't love me. Wait, I do that one. God loves me. But not those. Right? And it's like, whoever what? Attains perfection? Whoever believes. Listen, shall not perish, shall not fade, shall not be diminished, shall not become corruptible, shall not be less than. Take it the opposite. They will be incorruptible. They will grow from glory to glory. This is the promise of God. Is this awesome? There is so much in this scripture that, can you say that? That, this is that hint of clause that says that whoever is believing, all the ones believing, they won't fade. They won't become corruptible in eternity and keep being corrupted. They will not perishable. They will become imperishable. They will become of new seed. They'll be born again. They'll be new creations. This is the promise. And it's not just an everlasting life then. He will take the spirit of God who is the life. This eternal life. He is the eternal one and he will put him in your soul, the Holy Spirit. And you will have eternal life. I am the way and the truth and the life. He who believes in me will live. He who does not believe in me stands condemned already. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save it. Put the next slide on, if you would. God, listen, God in this way loved the world and he describes it. God did not send his son. You want to know what he didn't do? He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. (sighs) If there was one person who could have condemned you, it wouldn't have been me. You know, (laughs) condemn them. Right? It wouldn't have happened. But can I tell you something? The one, when they're throwing the stones at the woman who's the prostitute, right? You know, you could see the religious people. She's a prostitute. We saw her going since seventh grade. She's been going downhill, right? I know her type. I told you not to hang around with her. Jesus instead looks at them. Listen, whoever doesn't have any sin, you throw the first stone. But but Jesus could have come in there if he wanted to and just go, boom. Yep. Who's next? And then he could have had a bunch of angels behind him with a bunch of rocks. Oh, you want to get stoned? I'll get you stoned. Bam. Aren't you glad that the one who could have condemned you did not come to condemn you? Look where it is in the sentence. Just as the snake was lifted up to give us, whoever will live will believe in him, for God so loved the world in this way, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world, to redeem the world, to remake those who believe in him. Right? Can everyone say, through him? 
It's not through you. I can do all things, what? Through him who gives me strength. This is the caveat. God did not send his son into the world. How many think this is a life-changing verse? Listen, get into the depth of the scripture. There is so much in this. Seriously. 1 John 4.10. I recorded it earlier. This is love. Can everyone say not? It's not that we loved God. And, and I, you know, you get young people and, you know, you want your kid to love God. And so you go, oh, do you love God? And my kid goes, yeah. Don't tell your kid that. Just tell your kid it's not that you loved God, but that he loved us. Another scripture says that he first loved us. It's not that we loved God. Religion is about people coming together and showing their devotion to God and how committed they are and with God. Right? But the truth is, he goes, This is love. That's not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And listen to the second part. And sent his son as an atoning. The atoning at one moment. Atonement at one, taking the two, the dividing wall, the barrier, and made us one with God again. Hallelujah. This is good news. For, can you say, our sins. So when we lift a snake up, you got to admit it, you're a sinner. Not in the sense of like, I'm a sinner and I'll just keep doing it. Now he told the woman, hey, don't keep doing this. You're just going to keep bringing consequences on yourself. Find the redemption of the Lord. How many say amen? amen? Just two couple scriptures here, just two more. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Can everyone say that? That. We should be called children of God, and this is what we are. We are the children. <sighs> does he love me? I don't know. Yes, he does. My precious. Gollum, Gollum, right? But yeah, we want to be with him. No, we don't, we don't, you know? It's back and forth, right? That we should be children of God, and that is what we are. And now I'll finish with this scripture and get to our baptism. For I am convinced that, can everyone say neither? neither. Death or life? Can they stop the love of Christ? Okay, how about... Angels or demons? But what if it's a big angel? What if it's a strong demon? How about the present or the future? Right now? Or how about what's going to happen? How about any power at all? Yeah, but I could do it myself. I could separate me from the love of God. Really? You're a power? But let's conclude it. How about a height or a depth? Listen. How about anything else in all of creation? There's only two things that exist in in, in everything. There's the creator and there's creation. If God says the love is good, can creation stop it? Anything else in creation? Listen, the love of God is awesome. It works. It's right. 
We don't have to diminish it because the religious world is scared of the love of God. They're, they're scared of it. They're afraid of the freedom we have. Read Galatians. God loves us. In fact, he loved us in this way. He gave us his one and only son to pay for your sins, your redemption. And all the ones believing, are you believing? Raise your hand if you're believing. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand high. We set, you got to stand before God and you just go, I'm one of the believers, God. I believe. They'll keep them up. Come on, you're not that tired for crying out loud. You're going to be watching the game today. Going, yeah! You can hold your one armpit out there, right? <laughs> Blow it on somebody. Listen. You will not perish. You will have everlasting life. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. This amen. Woo! This is good news. I'm going to close right here. We're, we are, those who have, we, we don't believe that baptism saves you. We believe that the Bible teaches that those who have put their faith in Christ are getting baptized because of their faith in Christ. It is a symbolic and real effect. God, you're put underwater as a signifying of acknowledging Christ's death and the cleansing and washing of the old. How many want the old gone? And it's a proclamation of the Lord's rising from the dead as you get out of that water to say, and the Lord died for me and he rose and conquered sin and death for me. That's what baptism is.